92.7 WFNZ, emanating live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them at East Independence Boulevard or online at planetkianc.com. we got one hour left in this show, then another hour of Hornets pregame, starting at 6. we got the Hornets and the 76ers tonight from Wells Fargo Arena in the city of brotherly love, and it sounds like Roughly 50% of the of Phillies roster won't play tonight, including Joel Embiid. So maybe the Hornets get back on the winning track. We shall see. Uh, but let's welcome in a guy who talks Hornets most nights of the week on his uh, sports cast. And well, he's got a lot more going on. He joins us in studio every Friday. And well, that began during the high school football week or season rather. And well, we're not going to stop it. He's never allowed to leave us on Fridays ever again. <laughs> Nate Wimberly back in studio. What's up, buddy? What's up? What's up? What's up? I got a Nate the Great let's bleep and go on the text line. That's so right. Let's, let's bleep and go. You ready for this? <laughs> um, where to begin? Where to begin? Let's. <laughs> Let, I'm going to play what Steve Clifford had to say. Yes. Let, let's get the Clifford audio from last night. I know Nate's heard this already, but I'm going to play it for the peanut gallery just to uh, refresh people's memories and get Nate's reaction to it. I talked to Cliff on the show yesterday. I intentionally didn't ask him, hey, what's up with LaMelo? Because I asked him that the week before, and he, you know, you know what kind of answer he tends to give. But he was asked again last night in his pregame media session before they lost to the Bucks a second time. And it was a very interesting answer. It's hard to tell. I mean, look, he hasn't, you know, he's doing the same stuff now that he was doing two weeks ago. I, you know, like, I, I, that, I don't, as you, I tell you guys, I don't know that stuff. You know, he does whatever they allow him to do. Um, there's a lot of factors in that, obviously. Uh, so I don't, you know, like today, you know, he did a lot of shooter run. He's, he's been doing that for a while. He wants to be back. It's just, you know, again, he he's not, doesn't feel healthy enough and people aren't comfortable enough that he should play. So I know he wants to get back. I mean, it's just a lot of factors in that one. Nate. <laughs> This is getting to the comical level, man. I mean, like, come on, dude. Like, he's saying basically two weeks ago he should have been playing. Yeah. And now he's not. I mean, like, what's the deal? Come on, man. Just get out there on the court and play. And, and, and did you notice that? Did you notice that he said? And I noticed this the first time I heard it. He said, you know, there's just there's some people around him that they're concerned about him. There's some people around him that are afraid. He's telling you. Yes. We're not tell. We're not sitting him. Mm-hmm. The organization is not behind this. Mm-mm. We're not telling you that. Uh, you know, we're telling him. Hey, let's just go ahead and pack it in for the rest of the year and tank in a in a you know notor- in a historically bad draft potentially. This is this is this is him. This is them. Yeah, we all know he hurt his ankle. But what ankle injury on earth takes this long to come back from? But shouldn't the team say, forget all that? You're gonna get out here and play, and if you're not gonna play, we're gonna find you. You think? I mean, like, that's how normally I would think this would go. I mean, like, why are we paying you to sit and you're able to play? You are paid to play. Get out there and play. I don't want to see no more Twitter stuff of him in pregame shooting jumpers and looking like he can go right now and get you 20 and 10. I don't want to see that no more. And we continue to see that kind of stuff. It's like, dude, get out there and play. I'm Look, ooh, he needs to be out there playing with his team so we can figure out what this thing is going to look like with these new guys, because these guys are going to be a part of the core going forward. It's time to start to get out there and figure this thing out. So um, I don't know who they are. They need to sit down somewhere and, and, and be quiet and let and get them out there and play. I don't know what is going on. I mean, like, they, they, oh, we don't want to get them hurt. 
dude, you're gonna you're gonna play anyway. I mean, if you're gonna get hurt, if you got brutal ankles, you got brutal ankles. You're gonna hurt them anyway. You're gonna get out there next year and you're gonna do the same thing. No, just get out there and play. Stop this. Ain't no ain't, look. Cut this shenanigans. Oh, I didn't know what you were gonna say right there. Oh, I and puckered play, a little bit. And play the, the game. I puckered a little bit when you hit me with that. <laughs> I was gonna throw my phone to get smoked to hit the dump button right there a second ago. <laughs> Ooh, all right, so we're good to go. I, listen, I, I don't want to. You and I don't want to. It's funny. I get. I've gotten accused on Twitter in the past by some Hornets fans, mostly Lamelo stands. Mm-hmm. Like, you're sowing division. Like when I've tried to talk about this possibly becoming Brandon Miller's team at some point or anything like that. And it it is. I, it, look look look. Lamelo stands. It is Brandon's team. You can at me. You can do whatever you want. I don't care. It's Brandon's team. Period. He's showing the most leadership uh, between the two right now. He, it's his team, period. And uh, the, the discussion of that is over. We're, we're way past that. We, the, the, the horse is out of the stable, and he's still in the stable right now because he's not playing. So uh, that's done. Uh, we, we can get off that one. Next. I mean, you're not – well, right. I, you're not a finished product. You're not polished. You're mm-hmm. 22 years old. you got a ton of talent, and it's why people like me are still willing to defend you and, and defend your place on this roster and yeah. you know what they've done here. But that only lasts but so long. Exactly. Especially when there's there's no reason to think that you haven't overcome this ankle. If you have an ankle injury that serious that you still can't play, that's significant enough that there should have been some sort of announcement or some sort of timetable yes. set already. But, yes. you know, that's that's not, some not kind, where we are. Some, some kind of treatment yeah. and, and an update. No doubt. We don't have that. Now, one more Hornets thing I want to ask you about here. Uh, Bobby Marks joined our station yesterday. You and I talked about this a bit last week and the week before that. Mm-hmm. Like, could Steve... You know, coach well enough down the stretch to come back. They they're hiring Jeff Peterson from Brooklyn as their new mm-hmm. head of operations. He and Cliff work together in Brooklyn. Absolutely. Uh, there's a relationship there. Here's Bobby Marks yesterday here on the station saying that he he almost expects Cliff to come back. Oh, I would expect so. I mean, I think Cliff's a heck of a coach. I, I really do. I mean, um, I I think certainly what we've seen a little bit before the deadline. I mean, before the All Star break and, and the games since. Um, I know there's been some lopsided games um, in, in the last in the last couple of games here, but. I'd love to see what Cliff can do with, with NBA talent. I mean, that, that's what, uh, you know, and I think he can do a lot of good things here. And I think it's just a matter of kind of what the vision of how long this is going to take. Um, is it going to be two years or three years? Um, maybe you get lucky in the lottery and maybe, you know, you're, you're where Oklahoma City was a, a couple of years ago and you're not that far away here. So, you know, because there is a relationship there, I think um, I would I would say that they're, they're you know, I don't want to talk for Jeff, but I would think there was there is a good chance that you know at least for the next year, you kind of you know you you have that working relationship and you can see Cliff with um, you know with a little bit of a different lineup. What do you think? And this is why Lamelo not playing makes my blood boil because we can we can assess what Cliff can do with this team if Lamelo is out there playing with these guys. See, all of it kind of ties in together. You know, it, it, we've been waiting on Cliff to get some 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 better players and, and and some more adults in the room. And now he has it, but he doesn't have the main key and the main piece and the main cog in this thing that we can judge him and his team on going forward. So this is another reason why LaMelo needs to be out there playing, if he can play, which I think he can be playing, and I think everybody can thinks he can be playing. Even Stevie Wonder probably can see that the man can play, and, and Steve Wonder is blind. Like, come on, let's, let's get this thing rolling. Well, 
You sure Stevie Wonder's blind? I've heard some theories. Listen, man. I have. I have. I've heard, heard some theories. theories over the years. That's all. I got no investment in that particular conspiracy theory. I've just heard some stories over the years. There's some folks who don't believe Stevie's actually blind. That's all I'm saying. Uh, anyway, Nate Wimberly, WBTV oh, in studio. <laughs> happy Friday, everybody. I, I just want to be happy about this team, man. Like they win four straight out of the deadline, and we're thinking, oh, it's been rejuvenated. It's fresh. There are good things happening, and we're like, oh, Lamelo's got to be back soon, right? And then the All Star breaks over, and it's like, no, he's not close. Why? How is it possible? But anyway, I digress. Um, we got to talk. <laughs> we got to talk a little Panthers here too. Uh, the end. The, oh my gosh! Now, now I go, oh, we got to go to this now. Why? Why? Oh well, we got to go to what? What are you upset about? What it's do you want to? It's the Panthers, man. I know, but you know they're they're at the the combine and yeah. Uh, and, right, let's go. Let's go. Did you see the Brian Burns Instagram thing yesterday? I didn't. And, okay, I didn't. well he, he posted a series of pictures that's like the spiders back, but we've got no actual announcement of anything yet. So. I hate trying to decipher player social media exactly. posts, but it's the world that we live in right that's, now. That's what it is. So yeah. I'm, I, 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 most of us thought it meant they got to be close to a deal, right? I would think. You would think. No. I, I still think that tag is going to be applied, and 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 the thing I would do, and we've been talking about it a lot on the point after do, doing the non-exclusive tag, make him go out there and find a deal and find a deal that he wants, and if they want to match it, they match it. If not. You get those two first-round picks. I have forgotten, or not forgotten. I, I've thought about that, mm -hmm. but that requires two first-rounders. Mm -hmm. Who's giving up two first-rounders for a guy coming off an eight-sack season? I have no idea, but make him go out there and find it. Make him go out there. And, and, I, and I think that's an oversimplification, to be honest. Yeah. To be fair to Brian Burns, that's an oversimplification. Yes, his sacks dropped from 12 and a half to eight or 12 to eight and a half, whatever it was. But he was, was trying to protect himself. Well, it was that, and they were so bad offensively yeah. that they, you know, the opposing teams were running the ball mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter every single game of the year almost. Absolutely. So there were so many. I think I heard today, it was a great stat from uh, Walker Mail that Max Crosby out in Vegas played nearly 300 more, what, passing down snaps. Mm-hmm. Than Brian Burns Absolutely. did this year. I mean, like they they never played with the lead in the fourth quarter. That's the first time an NFL team has done that since the 1940s. Both of their wins came on the last second field. They never had the lead or never played with the lead in the fourth quarter. That's how bad this team was. It's the worst Carolina Panthers team in franchise history. Period. So yeah, you're not gonna get many. You're not gonna get to pin your ears back in the fourth quarter when another team's trying to pass to catch up. When they ain't got, they ain't, they don't have to. They're gonna run the ball. Yeah, throw the ball. We got the lead. We're just going to run it. Right. So, again, that's where I'm trying to be fair to him. Yeah. Right? He had good Absolutely. tackles for lost numbers. Yeah. Uh, his pass rush win rate numbers were good. So, I don't expect his camp to just suddenly say, you know what? We had a bad year. Just knock $5 million a year <laughs> off. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't expect them to do that. Uh, I think they need to – people – I think both sides just got to be reasonable here. Find Because it, it suits everybody's interest to get him under contract. Well, let me ask you this. What number are you comfortable at? I'm not comfortable at 30. I'm not comfortable at 27. I'm comfortable at 27. I'm I'm more like a 23, 24. Salary cap goes up 30 million. I'm comfortable at 37. Or 26. Sorry, 27. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. Now, 30, oh, he'll jump at 37 in a minute. <laughs> yeah, 30, I'm with you. But 20, 27, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Go get The number's going to keep going up. Dude, the NFL just pulled $124 yeah. million for the Super Bowl. The, yeah. the cap went up $30 million. It's going to look like a steal in a couple of years. Get him under contract at 27. Yeah. Because the one thing I don't want to do is end up in a situation this year where they don't have much of an edge rush and, and opposing offensive lines are double and triple teaming Derek Brown all day. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. that, that you want to talk about unwatchable. That becomes unwatchable if that's the case. Yeah. So it, it, it behooves all of them to get under contract. Now, speaking of the NFC South, I wanted to bring this up too. Mm -hmm. You see the reports earlier this morning that uh, all of a sudden that – there's not much of a robust trade market for Justin Fields up in Chicago. 
uh, and that the Atlanta stuff has gone stale. Have you seen this? I have not. So there was a report out this morning that uh, the Justin Fields to Atlanta has gone kind of stale and that Chicago's kind of figuring out that there's not much of a robust trade market for Justin Fields. Now, you know, it only takes one team. Yeah. So the extent to which that's true is you're, you're relying on the fact that, what, nobody's going to make the deal that they want. Somebody might. Probably not. For, but there's, one, they're not going to get the one that they think they're There's gonna no get. bidding war yes. for Justin Fields yes. here. Yeah. So I asked you last week, and I asked the audience, hey, who's is anybody terrified of Justin Fields in Atlanta? I I think he's an upgrade over Desmond Ritter, yeah, but yes. but terif- terrified yeah. of Justin. I, I'm not particularly scared. Like I told you, if you'd hired an offensive-minded head coach or if Raheem had maybe you know hired an OC that I'd heard of or yeah. had some you – know, maybe, but um, I don't know, man. Justin Fields, it doesn't seem like you know people are beating down Chicago's door to get him. No, they're not. Um, I think their asking price is probably too high, and I think they know now we have to come back down. We don't have to come off. We don't have to come back to reality on this thing, and 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 get the best offer out there. I still think Atlanta wants them, but they know nobody's going to be bidding for. It. They're not going to give up a, a first round. And they've been asking, like, "We're not giving you our eighth pick for Justin Fields, man. Are you crazy, dude? You, what are you smoking, dog? I mean, like, come on, man." <laughs> So, yeah, I think, you know, and now I'm starting to hear more rumbles that they're looking more towards Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And uh, paying, you know, two years, 90 million, you know, and I think about that as a Falcons fan. I was like, you know what? Uh, he's a definite upgrade over anything we've had. Uh, the guy is he's going to give you 20 plus touchdown passes and a low interception. I go ahead and pay the 45 million for the next two years to get Kirk Cousins. And then. You're cooking with grease at that point in time if you're the Falcons. Now, now with those weapons, yeah. I, I took some flack for this earlier in the year because I think Kirk Cousins can play. Absolutely. I, I believe the guy can really play. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there were some folks, oh, he's overrated, KB. He's this, mm. yeah, okay, but yeah, you put him with, with Kyle Pitts and Drake London and B. John Robinson, and then I, mm, I, mm. I think he might be able to get some to accomplish some things in oh, this division. Absolutely, so, absolutely. And if you're talking about a division that's got him with those weapons, and then what? Um, Baker, Baker had a hell of a year. But we get we got Canales now. But he's not, and he's not gonna have Mike Evans more than likely. Mike Evans is out of there. You think? So oh yes. Mike, okay. Mike Evans is done. Tampa's gonna Tampa's gonna take a huge step back, de- depending on what they do free agency wise. But I don't think Evans is going back. I, I've seen some of that. Yeah. I've seen. I, I saw somebody predict that uh, the Commanders were gonna land him. I don't know if that's I'm true or not. At, I'm, I'm hearing more Houston. But Here, oh. Okay. It, it, we'll, we'll see. Um. But if that's the case, then the NFC South gets weaker and weaker and weaker, and it makes it more easier for someone to come up and take it away from Tampa. Why not? Why not the Carolina Panthers if they could get their act together? If you're ready to pounce, it's right there for the taking for anybody, for any of them. Well, I mean, it's so wide open. New Orleans brought back the coach and the quarterback. Which doesn't, I mean, listen, it does nothing. Saints fans will laugh when I say this. Oh, y'all went two and fifteen. Who do you? Who are you to talk? Got it. Understood. You brought back the coach and the quarterback. Nobody in the division is scared of, of this no. combination in New Orleans. No. And, I mean, listen, I'm trying to put all the respect that's due on Baker Mayfield's name because what he did this year was incredible. Absolutely. But the magician appears to be in Carolina now, right? You give exactly. you give Baker the credit, but you look at what Canales did with him and with Geno and with Russ before that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Baker with no Canales and no Mike Evans? Mm. That's rough. I mean, so there's an opportunity here, to say the least. But for everybody, just get your act together. Get your act together is right there for the taking. No question anybody. about it. What you got? What, what's the coverage this weekend? What do you What do you spend most of your time on this weekend? Uh, well, we got uh, college basketball. A lot of that. Uh, App State tonight going for the yeah. outright conference title. The yeah. First one. It would be the outright if they win it for the first time since 1979. Yes, I was born then. I was four years old. Yes, I'm that old. 
Um, so, you know, and Charlotte tomorrow takes on South Florida. That's a big game uh, for Charlotte. Uh, South, Florida, South Florida wins. They win the outright AAC title. But Charlotte right now is battling for that double bye in the AAC. And you don't – they're one game away from not getting that double bye. Two weeks ago, it looked like a slam dunk for them. Uh, they they really need to get a win tomorrow against South Florida. Uh, so Niner Nation should be out there tomorrow. And um, we talked about all of that today with uh, Brendan Marks on the uh, from the Athletic on the point out there. Um, we also talked – Brendan Marks talked about some ACC, some big ACC games this weekend. North Carolina, NC State, uh, Duke, Virginia, and, and Wake Forest, man. How, how do you lay an egg after you beat Duke, you get beat by Notre Dame? And you get off the bubble, then you're like, you know what? That bubble looks good. Let me get right back on it. <laughs> Come on. Dude. Well, they, they shouldn't even be on the bubble. No, they shouldn't. No, they're they're 27th in the uh, in the net today, mm-hmm. and I think the latest at Ken Palm, they are 22. So how can a team that's 27 in the net, 22 in Ken Palm, be anywhere close to the? Almost, almost cursed to the bubble. <laughs> How can a team that's 27 and 22 in those metrics hey, man, be close to the bubble? Cut out them shenanigans. Uh, but I'm told. The, but I'm told <laughs> but, yeah, the math is the math. That, that, that's I'm, the truth, man. I, I just don't understand it. I mean, I'm like, huh? I just don't. Understand. And, and some are saying like Virginia's like one of the first four in, and I'm like, Virginia, Virginia should be. Like Not a six seed. Yeah. Thank you. I'm like, what are they doing on the bubble, man? What, what is going on with this? I, I don't get it. I don't. Uh, by the way, last thing, somebody just said, uh, oh, we were talking about the Panthers, and somebody said, FNZ's already getting the hype machine going on the Panthers. I promise you I'm not doing that. <laughs> I pr- all we're doing is once again highlighting how wide open this division Absolutely. is for a competent team, whoever that turns out to be. That's exactly. all. That's exactly. all it is. Exactly. Na- Nate Wimberly, uh, give him a plug one more time. Where, they, where can they yeah, watch uh, it this weekend? The point out there, uh, it's on WBTV.com, WBTV News app. It's on Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV. Go there and check it out. We we're live every Monday and Friday at 1 p.m., and then it lives on those streaming platforms. Mm. Just got a text from my guy, Nada. He says, Stevie ain't blind. <laughs> I keep hearing that. See? You know, yeah, that, that, what, there are stories. The, given all the, sto- given yeah. all the revelations about, uh, you know, mu- <laughs> about musicians and people in the music industry this week, I'm, I'm going to say I'm, I'm open to the possibility. <laughs> Nate, good to see you, buddy. You too, now. There you go. Nate Wimberly in studio. We got more to get to. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This is Nick Richards of the Charlotte Hornets. You're listening to Kyle Billy on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. KB and Smoke with you here on a Friday, taking you into what I hope is a pleasant and enjoyable weekend for you uh seriously enjoy it and uh, get some rest and whatever it is that you need to do because uh, life is hard and we all work hard at least we try to 704-570-9610 um keep, keep up the uh the fan duel text line text activity be it you know the regular old run-of-the-mill sports takes or thoughts on smokes love, love life lud life lud i'm trying to is, is there a pun available there no lud is blind no not doing that <laughs> Someone said the love is blind is rubbing off on smoke. Oh yeah, my guy Nada did text me also to say he's here for all my love is blind takes. I don't I don't have any love is blind takes. Oh, I do. I've got tons of them, but not for the purposes of this show today. I'm gonna wait till the finale next week. I, I will go ahead and say uh boo Jeremy. Why? Dude's a jerk. Is he though? Yes, he is. I I mean, listen. I don't know. Not a big Laura fan. 
not, 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 not a big not fan. Not saying that either. It's it, just, which is, you know, like honestly, it's weird to say that now because there's a real pot, like a distinct possibility that some of these people are listening right now because they're in Charlotte. <laughs> now you got to be very careful. Yeah, you do. Uh, not not a big Laura guy though, really not. So I think Jeremy dodged a bullet there. Big Sarah Ann guy. If I'm being real, Sarah Ann's boss texted the show yesterday. What? I didn't tell you this. No. The number of connections we have to this show. Uh, our guy, Amit, who owns Graham Street Pub, uh, AD, she used to work there as a bartender. She's a former Hornets honeybee as well. Uh, we had Sarah Ann's boss text the show yesterday. Um, you know, I, I I think I put this on the podcast. So, like, I'm trying to get Jimmy on the show here, but once the season's over, like, they, they have obligations while the the, the episodes are still coming out. But yeah, That'll be the deepest conversation we've probably had here on these airwaves. Yeah, I've reached out to Jimmy. Well, yeah, I've reached out to Jimmy. Uh, no, he, I'm talking voice. I know, I know. But, like, Jimmy hit me back, and we're hoping to, to get him on the show. Once the season is over, uh, there was one more, right? There was something, somebody else, some other connection. There was one. Oh, oh, another listener. I think it was uh, the bagel guy said yesterday morning. He's like, hey, I just saw Johnny at the gym this morning from Love is Blind. So, I mean, our listeners are bumping into the cast or know the all over the city. It's everywhere. And that's what makes this this show, this phenomenon, so cool. Uh, Wolfpack James says Love is Blind was so lame. No, it's not, James. You just, it, you don't like fun. Now, here's the real question. Are you going to watch next season's? No, probably not. Okay. I, this this hasn't bred a sudden. My wife's disappointed in this too. This hasn't bred a sudden love for reality TV for me. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go from my whole life hating reality TV to suddenly like binge watching Vanderpump Rules. I'm not gonna do that. Like, it's Vanderpump the, it's, Rules. Don't really know or care. Okay. I know enough not to care. I always think whenever I hear Vanderpump Rules, for some reason, I just think Van. No, no it's, it's not that. It's the the Charlotte tie is what drew me in. I'm having a lot of fun with it being a Charlotte tie. But no, I'm not. I'm not addicted to the show moving forward. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Not at all. Uh, so we got all that going on. Uh, great guest today. Also want to pass along another update. We did get a positive update from T-Bone uh, on Mark from Gastonia about an hour ago. Um, I, I don't want to share any specifics or details because I don't have many. But also I don't want to misrepresent them. But I can say that T-Bone gave us a, a positive update on Mark from Gastonia. I thought Walker Mail sh- shared some great words at the end of their show. Uh, about what the WFNZ listener community means to us. Uh, Lord knows I've tried to express that to y'all over the years, and you know, I'm happy to do it as often as possible. But, you know, the bond between us and the FNZ listeners and the people in Charlotte is something that, man, it's not that we don't even take To say we don't take it for granted feels like an understatement. Um, it's everything to us. And so when we lose listeners, like we did with Officer Jim earlier this year, you know, it devastates us. We lose a member of our community. So when, when one of ours needs our help, you know, falls ill, whatever the case may be, we try to rally around him. So, you know, that's what we're trying to do for Mark from Gastonia. The good news is we've got a positive update from Bone a little while ago. Uh, if we've got more good news to pass along, we will. But uh, we just need Mark to know that we love him. We're thinking about him. And I did share the story to start the show that, um, you know, that my seven-year anniversary here at FNZ came and went last week. It's been seven years. I had a guy reach out to me the other day to say, KB, I started listening to you with my dad when I was 12 years old. And now I'm a college freshman. Oh, my God. Think about that. Seven years. <laughs> He's like, KB, I started listening to you when you first got to FNZ with my dad. And now I'm a college freshman. So, I mean, it's a lot of time. And we form a lot of great relationships. I've met so many of you over the years. And, you know, hopefully we we don't have to help you know many of you the way that we're trying to rally around Mark from Gastonia. But we're more than happy to if we're able to. So, uh, MFG, we love you, buddy. But I told the story about the time that six years ago he tried to call into the Hornets postgame show. Or he wanted to, and he tweeted at me to see if he could. And I was like, nah, Mark, the FCC won't let us take calls from Gastonia after 10 p.m. And he's like, okay. And that was the end of it. But then the next day, he actually called the FCC. He called the Federal Communications Commission 
to verify whether or not that was a real thing. <laughs> and weeks later, Bone asked me, he's like, did you tell Mark that he couldn't call after 10 from gas? I was like, yeah, it was pretty funny. He goes, bro, he called the FCC to find out. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, that's hilarious. So that's the kind of guy he is. We, we love him dearly. And Mark, we're thinking about you, buddy. Uh, 704-570-9610. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to play here as we talk about a bit more about the Panthers. We got to some of that with Nate Wimberley. We had Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports on the show a couple of days ago, and he emphasized he emphasized that this O-line class, this offensive line class is pretty deep. Very deep class. Offensive tackle, kind of the case every year, that every college is throwing the ball a lot, there's always good receivers, and they need to pass protect. So there's usually a lot of good offensive tackles. It's a great class there. I can't say, and, and I mean, we we are here at the combine, but I'm not like incredibly deep into my evaluations on the interior offensive line. But what I've watched from guys that seem like round one, round two, um, or maybe into the third round, it's a quality class on the inside as well. Some centers, guards that I think will be starters, but mostly offensive tackle. The Panthers would be able to add to that, you know, of course, a very valuable position later in the draft. Yeah. So we mentioned earlier that I mean, they got Taylor and Moten. Um, they got Taylor Moten 64th. Yeah. Yeah. 64th in the draft. Because it was Deion Dawkins, then Taylor Moten, 61st, 64th, respectively. Uh, yeah. I mean, so is this a draft where if you're Carolina, and you're starting at 33. Let's say there's no trade. You're not back in the first round. You're starting at 33. How comfortable are you knowing that, okay, Brady Christensen and Austin Corbett are coming back this year, but we do need to fortify the group a little bit. After last year, you can't feel great about Chandler Zavala, right? No, that, unfortunately, no. I'm not saying you give up on him. You know, you bring him to camp. You let him compete, all that stuff. But, like, you can't feel great about your depth there. So if you want to fortify it, do you feel like you have to get one by, let's say, round three? Or do you feel good enough about the depth of this class that you're going to day three? What are you, what are you doing here? Do you have to go wide receiver, offensive line, offensive line, wide receiver? It's one of those things where I don't think you need – it's not like in 2016, the infamous uh, rescinding of the franchise tag with Josh Norman. And then immediately, even though Dave Gettleman said we're not drafting for need, they then drafted three straight corners outside of the first-round pick. I don't think you can – I don't think offensive line is going to be the pick at 33 as of this moment as we're speaking right now. Third round, I could see it. Uh, I wouldn't be against it, you know, but I also could see them going elsewhere in that. I mean, we've seen countless guys that know a lot more about this draft than we do, Kyle. Guys like Daniel Jeremiah and a couple of others that said, oh, yeah, you can get a, you can get a day one starter, day one starter in the fourth round of the draft in the interior offensive line. So I wouldn't be against, like, I would like to, I, I wouldn't be, I would rather you get to your offensive lineman, but I also am saying don't force this. So what if, if you get to, let's say, 30, 31, 32, into the first round, and you're Carolina, you're watching this thing wrap up, right? Uh -huh. You're watching it wrap up. Maybe there hasn't been a run on wide receivers yet. Mm -hmm. And you feel like, oh, there's like three guys on the board maybe going into round two that we really like. Right. We could trade back six or seven spots. We could trade back seven or eight spots. Try to accrue another pick and still get one of those wide receivers. Are you looking at that potentially? Potentially. And here's the interesting thing that really gives Carolina the advantage. That it would have not been the advantage in the way the draft was for the longest time. You've essentially got 18 to 20 hours 
the talk with teams. Yeah. Uh, because the draft ends around midnight. Then since you're the first pick of day two, that's what everyone's going to be looking for. And until seven o'clock, you got every single opportunity with teams. And look, we've seen a lot of action early in these day two uh, picks when it comes to trading in the last five to seven years. And that's because the draft has been separated for the past 10 to 15 years. So It'd be interesting to see if it plays out the way to where Carolina could just like, oh, yeah, we could trade. Not that you're going to get a massive haul in return, like you're going to get two threes and all that stuff, but you could maybe get yourself an extra pick elsewhere that could help you potentially get an extra day three pick or an extra day two pick. I don't know. But it is one of those scenarios where you are going to be, there's going to be teams bidding for that pick, most likely, depending on how things fall with this draft order. Do you... (laughs) I think Chris Trapasso had the Chiefs. They're picking 32nd, dead last in the first round, Super Bowl champions. Right. And Lad McConkey just feels like their pick, doesn't he? They need wide receiver help. Yeah, they've got a like Sky Moore, I think, is someone they're still high on. They, they just still, let go of MVS. Yeah, uh, they let go of MVS. Yes. Are they going to bring Kadarius Tony back? No, they're done with <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. you know they're going wide receiver at 32, right? Mm-hmm. I would think anyway. If you really want Lad McConkey, what do you do? Like, if you get to 31, he's not off the board. You really, and I'm just, maybe they're not as high on Lad McConkey as some of us are. Right. Do you try to trade back up to the end of the first round? No. I don't think so. You just sit. You just sit. Yeah, just sit. But what if they take Lad? Is Lad McConkey going to be the next Jerry Rice or something? Like I like Lad, but I also feel like it's in. This isn't a scenario where this draft is so thin to where once you get past Lad McConkey, you got nobody. You got a lot of opportunities and a lot of people you can go after potentially. Like Troy Franklin could still be on the board. Adani Mitchell could still be on the board. Different type of wide receiver, I know. I mean Xavier Worthy is another guy you could get. So there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of ways you can get players in this draft that that position specifically. So, and plus, as you said, we don't know how their board is. So we don't know if they're higher on some as they are. Hopefully it isn't like one of those situations where we're not thinking about DJ Johnson and then they trade up to take DJ Johnson, which hopefully he can, you know, work out. But as of right now, it's not looking good. No, but it's one of those situations where just just stay, just stay. I'm with you on that. You got no leverage. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right. 704-570-9610. Texter's blowing us up. Um, First of all, Richard Petty. That's Richie. Who named him Richard Petty? I think that was T-Bone. That's a pretty good name for him. Richard Petty says, no, you just don't draft guys from NC State. Oh, no. He says NC sucks. That's what he said, to be specific. But T-Bone's daddy, oh, that's weird. T-Bone's daddy on the text line says, uh, Panthers need Peyton Wilson. Again, I'm all about it. I just don't know where or how they're getting him. I mean, he's tearing up the combine already. A big linebacker at 6'4 that runs a 4-4-40. Hard-nosed guy. I mean, you know Dave Dorn, the entire you know program is selling him to NFL scouts in front offices because they should be. He's the heart and soul of that program. Yeah, I, I just, if the only concerns with Wilson are the injuries. Yeah. Carol, after 33, Carolina picks win again? 65. 65. He ain't making it to 65. No. I, I kissed those hopes, uh, hopes goodbye last night. He ain't making it to 65. Oh, Tony from Lancaster says, uh, Xavier Leggett, man. Did you see Steve uh, called Xavier Steve Smith called Xavier Leggett a bigger DK Metcalf or a better DK Metcalf? Yeah. I mean, what am I supposed to do with that? I, I 
Steve, what am I supposed to do with that? Buddy? I think people are concerned, and rightfully so, that he was only... That's not one- a criticism. Steve, I mean, that sounds amazing. If you're telling me that he's a better DK Metcalf, how do I say no to that? Now, of yeah. course, these people are going to say, well, he, he vouched for Mingo, too. Well, book's okay. still out on Mingo. Book's still out, right. But he is. we talked about this two days ago. He's a one-hit wonder in the sense that there's one year of production at the college level. This year, that's it. But he's 6'3", 230, and can fly. Like a legit four three guy, so if you're six three two thirty, if you're six three two thirty, and you're legit four three, and you have at least the one year of big time production at the SEC level, that is really really tempting. And and even some South Carolina fans have told us, oh, KB, we're not sure about this guy. All right, well I'm I'm listening, but from a dimensional standpoint, a physical standpoint, it's hard to turn that down. Really hard. I, I think maybe one concern, especially with this team right now, is he didn't get as much separation as some of these other receivers that we're comparing him to. And look, he, he made a lot of great contested catches, but I feel like more than anything, this team right now needs separation with wide receivers. Yeah. AJ, just, speaking of that, AJ just says, I, I love the way Ladd moves though, KB. I can't get over it. He's got that shimmy. He's got that shake. And here's the other thing too. We were talking about this with Hoggard. You know, the bigger wide receivers like Keon Coleman, let's say, we talked about him. You know, he... Make those contested catches. Well, that's great. You want guys that can do that. But is he making those contested catches because he can't get separation? Because that's a problem at the NFL level. Guys get exposed that way. Those guys, like, it was kind of, I'm not going to name names, but guys like that have been exposed around here. Whereas a dude like Ladd McConkey, even if he's not 6'4", he's six feet tall. He's a legit 4'4 guy. He gets open. Bryce needs dudes that get open. Yeah, you want guys that make catches too, but you need guys that get open. Let's go to Smoke on the headlines. All right, Kyle, well, we're seeing more and more people get cut before the free agency period starts in the NFL. And uh, don't know if Carolina's going to make a move at tight end. Don't know if Caden Hurst is coming back. But the uh, interesting name just got let go by the commanders within the last hour or two. Tight end Logan Thomas uh, was let go. He was due $6.75 million this upcoming season, including a 500 k roster bonus later this month. Uh, sounds like it's more money reasons because last year, the 32-year-old tight end had 55 catches, nearly 500 yards receiving, and four touchdowns. Potets. So, uh, you want a former Hokie to come here? I mean, if you want to bring him to camp, yeah. The tight end room isn't exactly spectacular, so I'm all about competition. He's a big target. Athletic dude. Yeah. Made some plays in Washington, so, I mean, I'm a little surprised they're letting him go, but I'm not as dialed in up there, so I I need to look into the reasons why they're really letting him go. I mean, he's not that expensive, right? Well, 6.5 million. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's expensive enough where if the production, you don't feel matches it, you let him go. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd bring him into camp, but he's he's 32. So he, he's not your starting go-to guy. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Former Heisman hopeful. <laughs> what year was 2000? No. 12. 12. Yeah, yeah. 2012. Logan Thomas. I mean, he was the Heisman favorite in a lot of people's minds. Definitely Dan Patrick. I remember Dan Patrick did like six <laughs> segments on him in a single week. It was like, this guy's going to win the Heisman. And I was like, hell yeah, Dan, I'm all about it. And then it wasn't even close. Uh, what else you got? All right. So, uh, moving to college football, according to Ross Dellinger, after meetings this week, college leaders are expected to finalize uh, to adopt the long-expected player-to-coach helmets communication systems, the use of tablets on the sideline and during halftime. And here's the big one, Kyle. A two-minute warning for college football. Ooh. I'm into it. 
I actually don't hate the two-minute warning. I don't hate it at all. I'm into it. I, I, I like the way that opens up more strategy down the stretch, the extra timeout, the way – I like it. I really do. I'm all about it. And finally, you're definitely going to have fun with this. According to Pete Nako, uh, Nakos, the NCAA is pausing all NIL-related investigations involving collectives as a response to the Tennessee-Virginia lawsuit. <laughs> AKA we're going to stop wasting money on flights and per diems and hotels and all these things because we have no teeth and no enforcement power whatsoever. So we quit. We take the L. Yeah, we quit. We quit. We're going to stop wasting our money now. Hey, we'll come back. I'm going to, we're going to get you fully debriefed on Charlotte FC this weekend. And my dad is back. Randy's got his picks for the weekend. Sports radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Seth Curry of the Charlotte Hornets. You're listening to Kyle Bailey on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, home of the Charlotte sports fan. Hey, it's year three of Charlotte FC. And they opened up with a bang last weekend. 62,000 in attendance. They beat NYCFC 1-0 at Bank of America Stadium. By far the largest attendance in the league in the opening week of the season. New head coach, manager, skipper, I'm sorry, Gaffa. Yeah. Dean Smith has yet to lose a game in charge of Charlotte FC. And up next, they get their first taste away from home. All the way across the continent to visit Vancouver. The Whitecaps. Tomorrow, 7.30 is when the action begins here on the East Coast. Willie P., Jessica Charman, Charman, pardon me, will have the call tomorrow night as always here on the flagship station. And uh, I was talking to Willie P. earlier today. He wanted me to make sure to remind Charlotte FC fans out there uh, that the FC game tomorrow is free on Apple TV. No subscription required this week. So if you want to watch the game, you can see it for free tomorrow night on Apple TV. And that's important because a lot of you have said, hey, I want to watch the home team, but I'm not paying for the subscription service. And, and I get it. Everybody's situation is different. Maybe you're not, you know, as diehard as others. But if you'd like to watch Charlotte FC and the Vancouver Whitecaps tomorrow at 730, you can watch this one on Apple. No subscription required, according to Willie P. Excited to see if the uh, the squad can go 2-0 and on the year. Uh, let's get some picks. Speaking of the weekend, I don't know if, I don't know if Pops has a Charlotte FC prediction, but maybe he does. The man who raised me, Randy, my dad, is back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. He's got the Bailey Betts picks for the weekend. Dad, you got any Charlotte FC picks or no? Uh, I forgot to do them. Oh, it's okay. Don't you worry about that. I'll take care of it. That's all right. That's all right. So, uh, in all seriousness, I did have one NASCAR fan earlier say, KB, no Doug Rice today. Uh, Doug had an engagement in Las Vegas this afternoon that kept him off the show, but he's in Vegas for the race this weekend. So, uh, uh, actually, first, what would you think of Atlanta last week, Dad? Uh, just a restrictor plate track, I guess. Just uh, I pulled Chase looked like a pinball. I mean, every time he turned around, somebody was knocking him around. So, and somebody Ross Chastain's going to he's he's got a big day coming someday. Somebody's going to going to pay him back <laughs> big time. <laughs> every Monday, smoke comes in with something to say about the watermelon man. Why are you laughing over there? Uh, I'm just shocked you made it out of Atlanta Motor Speedway in one piece. That's true. Since he caused that wreck with Chase. Yeah, he did. He did. All right, so uh, Vegas this week. What you got? Who are your picks? I got Joey Logano. I, I'm going forward this weekend. I, I got Joey Logano edging out Denny Hamlin. Mm, Logano and Hamlin. One, two. Did you see that video of Denny talking about peeing his pants? Uh, I read something about it. I didn't see the video, but yeah. uh, I'm kind of shocked he edited it. You, you ought to watch it. Smoke played it for me a couple of days ago. It's pretty funny. First time he's done it. Ever. 
That's pretty wild, right? Into his 40s, first time it's ever happened? Yeah, maybe not. I mean, if I, if I peed my pants, I don't think I'm going to tell nobody. Oh, I did. What do you mean? I peed my pants in my very first high school football broadcast. You know this. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I was like 21. They, they wouldn't end the game. I was stuck in an open-air press box with just a ladder to get down. I couldn't get down. Oh. Yeah. Well? It's not that embarrassing. Your pants will dry sooner or later. That's true. Well, they froze that night. I was in rural retreat. They froze. All right, so we got uh, we got Legato Hamblin one two college basketball picks. What you got for me? All right, I got uh, off to a pretty rough start basketball, but uh, I got the Tar Heels beating North Carolina State eighty eight seventy two. Mm-hmm. I don't think that game will be close. Well, smoke you did. I, I set the spread at six earlier, six or seven. You said more than that. Dad's got him by sixteen. Is that what you're thinking? Closer to that, yeah. All right, all right. Eighty eight seventy two. Heels beat the pack. What else you got? And I got Purdue beating Michigan State 77-62. Oh, Panther Bowl love that. 77-62. Yeah. Some blowouts this weekend. I huh? mean, Michigan State's fraud, so yeah. What about that Duke-Virginia game? No thoughts there? Yeah, I got two thoughts on that. I, I hate to say them, but uh, first of all, I think it's either going to be a blowout or Virginia might eke one out. I think uh, – it could be a it could be a sixty five to thirty three ball game with Duke winning, or it could be a it could be a fifty four to fifty two UVA win. But I've kind of picked. I kind of think Duke, you know, beats them. But uh, okay, what's your second thought? Oh gosh, I, I want to say I'm, I want to say that the Hokies are going to beat Wake Forest. Oh, yeah. uh, hey, they're Duke. For what? They're NIT bound at best. Hey, they could still they still could win the ACC tournament. Oh, stop! <laughs> well, well, all right, is it, is it possible? Sure. Are they going to? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right, Dad, I appreciate you. I got to go. All right. Hey, remember, I picked the Hokie girls to win by 12 last week, and they did. That's true. You did. See, you're not in that big a slump. We'll talk to you next week. Dad, with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline uh we got to go we got hornets pregame coming up at the top of the hour travis t-bone hancock will join me and uh, we tip our caps on the way out the door smoke what you got i gotta tip my cap to brotrand he, he literally just tweet, uh, texted in on the Fanduel text line i pee my pants every night on the way home listening to you guys God, i love that i love that i bet, bet your wife doesn't but i love that solidarity what he didn't say he had a wife or not that's fair that's fair uh, i'm gonna tip my cap to my baby girl my baby girl, Sky, third birthday party tomorrow. I don't know how, but but I'm throwing a third birthday party for my eldest daughter tomorrow. And I have no idea how time got here that quickly. But uh, tip of the cap to my baby girl. We are back at top of the hour for Hornets pregame. Until then, for Smoke Ludwig, I'm KB. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. You're going to be dead in 100 years anyway. Live dangerously.